Yuma and welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe. I'm the loneliness guy, and this is Connection Over Coffee. This is a podcast that proudly serves and supports gay men experiencing loneliness and helps them take steps, helps you take steps to getting the authentic connection they and you need and deserve. It's also proudly recorded, edited, and uploaded in Canberra, Australia's capital city, on the traditional country of the Ngunnawal people. And I humbly acknowledge and pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. I'm so glad you're here. This is a cracking episode. So please make yourself comfortable and I'll go get us some coffees. Here you go. Welcome to episode 45 of this podcast. In this episode, you're going to be part of a beautiful conversation with Jesse Elkins from Full Sun Fitness about his loneliness story. But before we get too far into the episode, I want to remind you that I think that you're awesomely brave and courageous. Very few gay men seek out and then listen to podcasts or watch videos on YouTube about loneliness unless they've come to the realization that they're lonely themselves. And that realization can be very uncomfortable, right? The stigma and shame we feel is real, and it takes a lot of courage to even engage with the subject. So, if you're coming back for another coffee and a chat with me, or if this is your first time, I'm proud of you, and I'm grateful to you for joining me and Jesse. As the loneliness guy, I'm all about destigmatizing gay loneliness and helping you get the kind of soul-nourishing connection you need and deserve through my website, thelonelinessguy.com. On the website, you'll find my blog, podcast, and details of my services, including my one-on-one connection mentoring and my connection support group calls, as well as details of coaches and other human connection experts. Friend, my services are all designed to help and serve you learn from your loneliness and help you begin the path back to connection. Connection is important because it's the antidote to loneliness. My work is all about building and constantly maintaining what I refer to as the three pillars of connection. Connection to ourselves, connection to those most important to us, and connection to communities. Each one of these pillars must be as strong as the others for us to really feel connected and to learn from our loneliness and to thrive past our loneliness. Go check the website out and let me know how best I can serve and support you. Now... Onto this episode. This is the first episode of a new direction that I'd like to take this podcast. And specifically, that's talking about loneliness as experienced by gay and queer humans. If we're going to destigmatize gay loneliness, we're going to have to talk about it. We're going to have to explore loneliness as it's experienced and actually say the word loneliness as often as possible. All humans experience loneliness. All humans experience loneliness but the stigma of loneliness means that we don't do anything about it out of fear of judgment judgment from others but perhaps worse so judgment from ourselves. and that judgment of being a broken and failed human the judgment that comes from loneliness which makes us feel like we're unworthy of love and belonging this episode is the first where i have a conversation with someone about their loneliness how experience how they've experienced loneliness and what they've done to avoid it in the past it is always always a privilege to witness another's story of loneliness 
always a privilege. The conversation you're about to join Jesse and me on is real. It's raw. It's unedited. And it's what I can do for you as part of my one-on-one and group connection mentoring services. The conversation comes after Jesse's blog post, which are published on the 21st of July, 2022, in which Jesse shared his loneliness experience. Like that blog, this podcast may contain content that may trigger you and what is your experience of loneliness and disconnection. That might be uncomfortable, but that's okay. It's tough to sit with our loneliness, but we must sit with it if we are to work out what connection we've been missing. And we never need to sit with our loneliness alone. I'm here to help you sit with your loneliness in much the same way that you're about to listen to with Jesse now. I invite you to pay careful attention to how Jesse expresses his feelings about our conversation by the end of our chat. There are two things before we get started that I want to say. First, Jesse showed up as many people do at the beginning of each call when I ask who they are. We decided to keep the unedited version in the recording, and I invite you to reflect on what your answer would be if I asked you who you are. And secondly, you're about to enter a beautiful, safe space. Please listen respectfully. Listen with an open mind and an open heart. This is not a place for judgment or shame. Rather, this is a place of curiosity and celebration of our shared humanity. Okay, that's enough for me from now. I'll let Jesse introduce himself and let you know who he is in the world. Let's get right into it. Jesse Elkins, welcome back to Connection Over Coffee. How are you going? I'm fantastic. It's good to see your face. It's just brilliant, bloody awesome to see your face. Um, listener, viewer, it is getting to Jesse's bedtime um so we'll um we'll we'll we got him we got him in a situation where he's likely to say anything and so this is going to be awesome uh just out of probably you know, sheer exhaustion probably <laughs> here we go or cry through anything yeah that's, uh, the alternative well you know i have to say this and and i, I don't want to say this flippantly at all this is a safe space mm. this is a safe space and while it might right. be a bit weird to have a safe space over a podcast um, across the world. Across the world, um, this is like we're going to be talking about things that uh, are very unique to you and your story, um, and it's about the the loneliness story that um, was posted on the loneliness guy in the blog on the twenty first of July. And listener viewer, if you haven't read that, there's links in the show notes. All I can say is, please read it. It is brilliant. It is written in only the way that Jesse can, talking about his story. Um, and the red thread through there, or should I say like the pearl necklace, uh, there mm, all the way, accurate, yeah. yeah, all the way through, I think is, is absolutely brilliant. Um, but Jesse, in case, in case mm. the listener and the viewer have not, read it uh, and mm-hmm. aren't familiar with you and what you do and who you mm-hmm. are. Who are you? That's a very loaded question. <laughs> um, on paper, I am 
the founder and CEO of Full Sun Fitness, which is a queer training, um, personal training and group um, class business dedicated to illuminating, um, <clears throat> activating and educating the world of fitness in its most individual um, shapes, I suppose. The, the, um, the ways in which we're all so bizarrely uniquely different. Um, and I've also recently um, joined forces with Mykonos Active, um, with Reto Dumeng Suter running retreats, um, kind of pulling it all together with fitness and yoga and Pilates in Mykonos. Um, and we'll leave links and talk about that later. Mm. Um, I'm a master's student. I study public health. I, I, that's it. That's me on paper. I suppose <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, it's almost like an interview question where they ask you like, so tell me about yourself. Yeah. And it's, yeah. This is it's the far vibe. too much to, it's far too much to, to say. So maybe, maybe I'll leave it to you to continue that. Who do you think I am? Well, well, you know, this is the vibe that I'm going with. It's the job interview um, because mm -hmm. job interviews tend to bring the best out of people. Um, and oh. no, no, they don't. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so I'm, for me, when I'm asked this question and, and mm -hmm. you know, I wonder if this is a lifeline for you. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I immediately freeze when I'm on a podcast or job interview or something. It's like, tell me about yourself. It's like, I don't mm -hmm. like, and so I've actually settled upon the answer. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, a rich tapestry of human contradictions. Um mm. And all, you know, woven together that, that, that is me. Um, and yeah, it is, uh, can I, can I take that? Can you I can. use that for, you can. for myself? Yeah. 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 You can. So Jesse Elkins, who are you? <laughs> Let's we'll try that again. <laughs> uh, I am a person of contradictions, mm. of duality, of ups and downs, highs and lows. Um, I'm lonely sometimes, which I've realized recently, thanks to you. I'm hopeful more so, um, that things will all work out. I'm social. I'm, can I circle back to the first attempt? I'm the, <laughs> I'm the founder and owner. Uh, full sun fitness uh, i'm a retreat host in mykonos with mykonos active i'm a master's student of public health i'm an interviewee on this podcast <laughs> with you i'm a husband i'm a polyamorous lover i'm a doggy dad i'm a foodie i'm a traveler those very cliche Instagram taglines. <laughs> um, I'll leave it there. I'm a lot of things. Yeah. What, uh, one of the things that's really coming to mind is that you are human. You're human you know, and you're here uh, for the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. I did ask you... Uh, I, I did share with you a few weeks ago that, you know, I was looking to take uh, the Loneliness Guy, the blog and the podcast in a in a new direction on top of, you know, here's some things to think about from Phil. Right. And one of the things that I am very 
clear about in my work here in the Loneliness Guy is that we are destigmatizing gay loneliness uh, and promoting authentic connection for gay men globally. Right. And we were talking about this offline, but one of the things that I'm finding a lot about the destigmatizing of gay loneliness is I'm actually here to have the conversations. I'm here to destigmatize gay loneliness in general, mm-hmm. like as a concept, but particularly, and, and, and that starts with individuals. And Jesse, I want to say right up first, you're the first in this direction that I'm taking. So no pressure, um, but you're going, to no be se- pressure. you're going to be setting the template that everyone else will be following. Um, no, no, you won't. But um, your loneliness story is the first in this new direction that I'm, I'm taking things in and having a chat with you about your loneliness story and learning what it is that we can do with what our loneliness is telling us. But the thing is, the stigma of loneliness is such that we never sit with it. And the wisdom that we are trying to tell ourselves about the connection that we don't have comes when we go through the gateway of loneliness. And it's not fun, it's not pleasant, but it's absolutely the only way that we then get the connection that we need. Yeah. Because that's loneliness's job. Okay. So... What it is, so I, I, I invite you to, you know, be here, be here, take a deep breath, do whatever you need to do, because you're likely going to be experiencing the stigma of loneliness and talking about that. And so I want to take you back to a statement that you just said a few moments ago. Okay. And you, you mentioned about that, you know, you experience loneliness. And you didn't really realize that until I asked you to write something. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What was that? What was that about? I can tell you, Phil, that... Okay, so you asked me to write this blog, this, this article, maybe two months ago. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I started to brainstorm and I would keep a note and just add little things that showed up for me in, in the world of touching on loneliness. And then I wrote this article um, in the moment that I sent it to you, I uh, then emailed a therapist to start therapy. Uh, This is not, this is not, uh, this is, this is genuine. This is what this has done for me is it's, it's exposed loneliness to me. And this is beautiful, right? This is, this is what you're doing. This is stunning. This is all the things, but it's, it's heavy and it's, it's difficult to face what comes up in, in, in my loneliness reflections. And so, you know, really after I submitted this article to you, I I wrote it to a therapist and I'll be starting therapy this week. And well, you know, unless we have a breakthrough together (laughs) and then of course (laughs) it'll be you and I, baby. (laughs) It's, it's really, this is, this is it. Well done. Well done you. That, that is fantastic. And as an aside, I get this this a lot that um, someone has a breakthrough and they go, "Oh no! Like you know, I need, I need, I need therapy. I need to to go and get a therapist." Sometimes 
Um, and, and this is, I don't want to speak very generally, but I'm going to speak generally. Sometimes, particularly here in Australia, wait lists for therapists are enormously long, unless you have money. Uh, and then you can get an appointment the next day, but you're paying $1,000 an hour. Um, right. And one of the things that I'm finding about loneliness is that we can, it can uncover a whole heap of things that absolutely we need professional help and support with. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But in many instances, talking about loneliness to someone who is a safe space can hold that story, can listen, we're going to dig into this, I'm sure, into our shame stories and say, hand on heart, me too. Mm-hmm. Someone who doesn't go well, and this is the, a, a risk with loneliness, when, when we come out as lonely, someone says, oh, you know, who we share it with, it's like, well, you just need to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. Your loneliness doesn't need fixing from other people. Phil, that is... That is so spot on. Yeah. So spot on. Yeah. And so oftentimes, we, like, we got to fix it because that's how, mm. you know, we, we want to show up for, for friends and, you know, husbands and lovers and whoever. That's, that's, you know, we don't want them to feel this. Right. But often we need someone who's, who knows how to sit there and respond with empathy, without judgment and respond. And judgment's nemesis is curiosity. And someone who then goes, okay, like, what's that telling you? What's that telling yeah. you? What's that? T- what are you making that mean? And is that actually true? Without doubt, there's, you know, absolutely, absolutely a place for, um, for professional therapy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I really do maintain that we have collectively as a society, particularly in societies which suffer relentless positivity. We've lost the ability to hold space for discomfort. Is this perhaps a reference to American culture? <laughs> well, my observations uh, of, of American <laughs> culture, um, I am not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not American. Um, mm. And, uh, but yeah, it, it really, and, and, you know, I'm not going to say that, that, that Australian society is awesome at holding space either. Um, not at all. But when we sort of go immediately to fix it mode, when we immediately go to making it better, um, and here is content coming uh, on this. It's like on the inverted commas. So anyway, enough from me. Mm. Like that's so anyway, nah, we're not having any of that mm. so anyway here because what you've just yeah. done is like, God, I'm shoving that down. That's really painful. You don't want to hear that. Yeah. I'm going to go. So anyway, like my house just burnt down and, but so anyway, right. I'm still here. Okay, you have right, to because you have out. to be toxically positive for things to function, and that's just not the case. And I, I mean, I need this reminder in this moment. I needed this reminder yesterday. I needed it yep. the day before. It, I find myself doing this all the time with yep. my my romantic partners, my friends. I, you know, how are you? I'm fine. Mm. I'm not fucking fine. I'm actually melting. Like I'm, I'm acting. My heart, my soul. I'm melting right now. I'm not fine. But I'm going to tell you I'm fine because toxic positivity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to inconvenience you. But then also, I mean, sorry to steal your thunder here, oh, God, no. but what that means when someone does that to me, to me that invalidates any time that I'm not fine, mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, so you're always fine, sure. 
what about like what if then i am not fine yeah how do i express that to you if it's seen as it's the same thing as like when you give someone a gift and they can't receive it like they can't actually receive a gift or a compliment yeah compliment it's it's been like it invalidates everything that you've you know what i mean it goes both ways when you shut someone out or you shut yourself out to the truth to the reality of it or someone's perception of that reality or someone's perception of that truth of you their experience of you i love giving compliments and the compliments that i give are genuine and heartfelt Otherwise, they're not a compliment. That's blowing smoke up your ass. Of course. Right? Yeah. But but for you and to the viewer and listener, I've got like a a, a challenge for you. Tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening and watching this or experiencing this, give someone in your life, whether it's the barista at the coffee shop that you go to, um, where like someone who you see every day, but you might not even know their name. Pay them a compliment. Not a creepy compliment like, I think, you know, uh, your bulge looks really good in those shorts. Like, you know, perhaps, perhaps you know, not not, 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 not something, but it's like, thank you. So, like, no, let's use a coffee, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, I really appreciate, like, every day, like, how much you, like, do this, you know, and, and the coffee's always really good. That's why I keep on coming back here. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. And pay attention to how that's received. Because if someone then says, oh, no, it's fine. No, no, it's just what I do. It's like, oh, all right. Like, I've, I've actually mm-hmm. thought of something that I've seen about you, that I really appreciate mm-hmm. about you, and you've dismissed it. Right. And uh, side note, maybe it's a compliment that has nothing to do with body size or shape yeah. or, you know, yeah. something that's... So, but, and I know we could have another hours-long conversation <laughs> um, on this part of things, but I feel like, like if you said, Jesse the last statement you made was, you know, earth shattering, mm-hmm. batteringly brilliant or something like this about my intellect. And I say, thank you. Like that's that you're right. Like that was really earth shattering and brilliant. And then I think when you get into that world, people are terrified of coming off as like braggy or, yep. or selfish or, you know, not humble, like this mm-hmm. facade of being humble. Um, it's, it, the whole situation lacks a sort of human grace. And I think that's all coming back to what I'm sure we'll talk about, which is shaming something in someone. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. This is, this is a whole rich thing, but I wanted to give, Mm. I wanted to give that challenge to, to you and the the viewer and the listener to pay attention, pay attention and give a compliment when someone's like really, you know, again, not, not, associated with how they look or their shape or, or whatever, but something that they've, they've, that's really like affected you. Let them know. Um, because that's, that's, that's a connective moment. All humans want to be seen, want to be heard and want to feel that we belong. When we see someone, when we hear someone, the belonging bit kind of takes care of itself. So seeing someone and, and listening to someone really helps build those connective bonds. Right. Um, Challenge I, accepted. Great. Let me know how you go because it is, it is really, um, yeah, when we're, when we're sort of busy, when we're toxically positive, relentlessly toxically positive or relentlessly positive to the point of toxicity, 
where we don't and and I if I had a dollar for every time a dollar a yen a pound a euro a shekel a whatever a peso for for how many times I hear this I don't want to burden you with what's going on with me no 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 yeah. Jesse you viewer listener you it is always a privilege to hear your story it, and I needed that so deeply and that's very valuable this is very valuable information um and if that person does feel burdened they're probably not meant to be in your circle yeah 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 jesse i'm speaking directly to you now it is not a burden it is never a burden it is never ever a burden far from it it is a privilege it is a privilege. And mm. to the viewer and listener who actually know me and receive me and my my <clears throat> hopes, dreams, fears, aspirations, my God, I don't know if I could do this. What am I doing? Kind of self-doubts, self-deprecating, horrid thoughts and experiences that I have. Fuck, that's a privilege for them. <laughs> like that's, mm. They've earned that privilege. They've earned that privilege. Yeah. Not everybody gets that. And indeed, it's not appropriate that everyone gets that. Um, but it's an absolute privilege, absolute privilege, never, ever, ever a burden. Yeah. Jesse, in your, in your, uh, in your blog post, Mm -hmm. the, um, uh, I noticed that look there. You're like, oh, here we go. Um, I I have butterflies. (laughs) Well, good. They're caterpillars that have, that have evolved and ready to go. Um, but. Uh, your your um, your blog post started in a really well beyond the whole masturbatory exploits. Uh, but uh-huh. you 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 had these this really beautiful concept of essentially being a social chameleon, mm. and it was through that kind of a reflection on being a social chameleon that you it felt like the penny dropped of how you experience loneliness. Okay. What was that? What was that about? You said, you know, more thing to fit in. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, and you know, since I've written this, which and, and, and sent it to you, I mean, constantly I'm thinking about it. So these ideas have evolved already, you know, tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about this, I, I believe that I felt wildly insecure growing up. I felt like uh, when it comes to family relationships, when it comes to my parents' finances, when it comes to the um, dynamics around me, um, my economic mobility, my social mobility, my opportunities, um, I felt that I needed a plan B. Like I I needed a backup plan. Mm. I needed to know everyone I could and to get on their good side so that no matter what happened to my mother, my father, our house, which, you know, all kind of went in the way that I thought it might, that I needed a backup plan. I needed someone to say, here's a job or here's a thousand dollars to get you, you know, somewhere or a hotel hotel room or, um, so I think I just got really good at warming up to any type of person in any setting, which included the goodies and the baddies and the, the, the drugs and the churchgoers and the, if you were a person, I was attempting to get on your good side, regardless of what that meant for me and my personality and my identity and my needs and my wants. Mm. 
I feel that's really common. I believe it. <laughs> a lot of us feel insecure growing up. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Mm, yeah. And particularly when we're queer. And, and yeah. in a small Indiana rural or anywhere where it's not so welcoming. Where, where in that point, where in that point um, do you feel that you potentially lost, lost yourself in all of that adapting to connect, to be on the good sides of a whole heap of disparate people, dif- disparate groups whose sort of connection point was you. Is there a point that you feel that you lost yourself? I have chills thinking about this now. It's a really, really good something to reflect on. I think that I never found myself. I like I don't I don't think that I ever had such a strong enough identity to have lost that identity. I think that I'm still turning 30 in a month, figuring out who the fuck I am. Mm. I think I'm, I'm building my identity and, and look, the tears are coming already. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, uh, I don't think I've ever lost myself. I think I've just been like, where the fuck am I? What am I doing? Who am I with? Why am I with them? And of course there's some, some mainstays, some like very special people that have been important in my life and have helped me kind of assemble myself. Um, but I'm still figuring that out. I, yeah. I still, I still, before getting on this call, I'm like, what if I don't know what perspective to take because I don't know what perspective I have? Yeah. You know, it's, 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 I'm just trying to grow up. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. There is no right or wrong here. Absolutely no right or wrong because I don't know if you noticed. My question deliberately was, was phrased as in, where do you feel? And I want to just sort of reflect a moment ago uh, and okay. like the, the, the first question about, you know, morphing to fit in, social chameleon and things. I asked, I think I asked, we can, you know, replay it again, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, where do you feel that that happened? And your response back was, I think it was this. Mm. And so the second question I asked was deliberately, how do you feel? Like, where yeah. do you feel that, you know, you, you, you lost yourself? Yeah. And the response was, I think it was that I never actually found myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Feeling and thinking are very different things. Very different things. And semantics are important. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so feeling, we feel loneliness. But the number of times I hear back in the coaching that I do, the mentoring that I do, well, I think it was, no, 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 no more thinking. Mm. No more thinking. It's time for the heart to have a go. Yeah. It, I, I think this is woven into that toxic positivity. Like, can I think my way into mm. like the right, something, the, the story that aligns with what I think my narrative should be? <gasps> oh, 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 that's like, <clears throat> yes, that's a very interesting point that you raised there. <laughs> um, so there's a couple of things. Oh my God. There's a couple of things there. Like, should, oh my God, mm. should is like the number one red flag word for me. We're going to go there. Gross. 
Yeah. So gross. Hate that word. Yeah. Disgusting. Who says? Who says? So, like a doctor tapping your knee to test your reflexes, we hear should, whether we say it, whether we think it, whether we hear it around us, we can't hear other people's thoughts, but if they say it, immediately, response needs to be, who said? Who says? Yeah. Because if it's not you, who is it? And is it actually really yours? Uh, I kid you not. This, I, you know, when we spoke offline before, I told you. You said, "How are you?" I said, "I'm better now that I got a good workout in." Yeah. In this yoga class, this beautiful yogi teacher said, "If not you, then who? If not now, then when?" I mean, it's this yeah. is this is some witchy, spooky stuff, <laughs> and it's it's good stuff. It's important. Yeah. It's important to check people on their. I I can't remember if you and I have had this conversation, but we've called it the should shits. Ah. Uh. No, no, but I love it. When you're, sh- when you're should shitting out of your mouth and you're yep. trying to force this narrative that, uh, you know, you think you should live mm-hmm. up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it. Um, so a psychologist friend of mine in, in New Zealand uh, who on my other blog would do, uh, like I had a chat with him, um, like on, on midlife crises slash midlife um, reevaluations, and he he said, you know, in in psychological circles, at least in New Zealand, it's like shooting all over yourself and masturbating. Uh, so masturbating and shooting, um, and I love it. <laughs> so, you know, we shoot all over ourselves all the time. Yeah, yeah, and that is absolute evidence that there is a story going on there that we're living that might. Um, I could make up a stat, like right off, like eighty percent of the time uh, is uh, is evidence of a story that you're living that is not yours. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, Jesse, coming back to that morphing to fit in, the getting on on people's good sides mm-hmm. as the plan B. I want to say that while your story is uniquely, beautifully yours and your story has led you to be sitting here in front of me right now. And that's never wrong. That's never bad. You're right here. We're having a great chat. Elements of your story, the morphing to fit in, the being a social chameleon. At some point, when we're social chameleons, we forget actually underneath the camouflage who we really are. Yep. Or we've spent so long, such a long time changing to fit in that we don't actually remember that we're a chameleon or, or you know, we're a fine reptile that, uh, that, 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 you know, exists in their own right. Right. I Jesse, you're a fine this- reptile that <laughs> has earned the right to exist. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Look, I think I, I, I'm sure that we'll go deeper with this. <clears throat> I do think too, though, that being a social chameleon and changing patterns and colors and, and being able to, you know, go anywhere, do anything with anyone. I think it's also kind of like a sam- sampler platter. Like you're trying new things, you're you're exploring, you're you're building yourself but then when it becomes so much so that you 
have lost your identity or in what I, you know, the case of me, you haven't really gone in a direction to totally build your myself. I have not gone in the direction to build myself. Yeah. So I think that being a social chameleon can benefit some people. I think sampling people in different ways and in different settings can take you places. But when it, when it's a survival mechanism, I think that this is where we are having this conversation Mm. and, I'm not surprised to hear that this is not unique. And I hope that means that other people see this and think, holy shit, I'm not alone. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. Then like, we're never alone. The thoughts and feelings that we experience around loneliness about anything about our human condition are unique to ourselves. They're a unique blend that have never been repeated at all, but the ingredients are pretty much the same. So you're special, Adam. I'm special, just like everyone else. Right. Yeah. It's good to hear it sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so one of the things, first of all, uh, before, before asking another question, I want to check in with you. How are you? Okay. I'm good. I'm actually, I'm in that mood of like, you know, when you've done something that doesn't align with your like character or like your moral ground and you just admit it, like you say, oh, that wasn't, that didn't feel good. That wasn't good. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. And then you have this moment of like relief. It's yeah. like, I told the truth. That's how I feel right now. It's like, ah, I feel like uh, our global audience. I've just uh, admitted to that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm struggling in some areas and uh, my story has, has affected my, my loneliness. I, I feel good. I feel purged in a way. Good. I want more. I want more. Bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I need if, I, more. if I was wearing sleeves, I'd be rolling them up and like, right, let's go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, still kind of pull it. <laughs> it's like, you know, reveal more shoulder perhaps. Um, good. Good. Mm. Thank you. This, this goes to part of the privilege. Mm. This is actually the privilege. And it is always, always a beautiful thing. Because... Life is too short for bullshit. Life's too short for other people's bullshit. Mm. But life is way short, way too short for our own bullshit. And Jesse, I'm excited for you. Like, you know, I'm 45. Mm. I've I've done a whole lot of work, a whole lot of work. And there is a whole lot of work continuing and I'm excited to keep on doing the work of being me. Yeah. I yeah. Feel, feel for you like there's a crest of a wave. And look out world when you work out who you are. Not only work out who you are, but have the courage, the continued courage to show up in the world as you are. Fuck, look out. Yeah, I agree. And I think that I've seen this already as I do collect the pieces of myself and, you know, my professional self and my sexual self and my friendship self and all of these things that I've created that make make up who I'm becoming and, you know, who I'm creating. Um, and I do, I notice, you know, when I've, when I've aligned with an aspect that I, that I, have worked through like a topic like loneliness, something that I've faced and admitted and gone through, not avoided, 
um, and I have aligned with that professional self or whatever self, then I, and I show up in that way, I feel forceful. I feel like I have power. I feel, mm. yeah, I feel myself and, and I agree with you. Look out world, because, uh, when we iron out these loneliness kinks, it's going to get, it's going to get good. You had me until the loneliness kinks. Like you're lonely. You're well, that's what we're, that's where we are. Yeah, you, you, right? you're always going to be experiencing loneliness. You don't say, you know, once this, I work yes, out my happiness is. kinks, once I work out my joy kinks, okay. it's like okay. loneliness is part of the human condition. You never, you're never going right. to be cured of loneliness, ever. Valid, but also I've had two months of admitting to it. So yeah. this is this is like an early. I'm not, I'm a fetus right now. Yeah. I'm, yeah, but this is new to me. What, so what I'll it, get there, I think. Yeah, what 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 this is all about is is reframing our relationship to an emotion that is always going to be there. Like you right. don't you don't reframe, um, you know, we, we we tend to shame ourselves for experiencing loneliness, and you know, it's a horrible emotion. It's a horrible emotion, but we're not meant to stay there for long. We're meant to learn from it and meant to move towards the connection that we need. The stigma, the stories that we have that mean both collectively and individually, stops us from actually doing it. Particularly when we avoid. And that's where I want to go next, is how you have avoided thoughts and feelings, the shit, thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings of loneliness. Um, and you use the words here in, in the blog, like by avoiding loneliness, uh, garnering joy and connection everywhere. That feels to me almost like, you know, that relentless positivity, um, you know, aspects of that potentially. But in the blog post, you said that, you know, you, you like got into swimming and, and like competitive swimming, travel, study, um, men, photography, dance, and wanking. Mm-hmm. And wanking. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. So, if you're ready... I'd love to explore really? the how you avoided, or as my friend Justin Oberste says, not only avoided but coped, sought to cope mm-hmm. um, with the thoughts and feelings of loneliness um, right. through through the doing of other stuff. Yeah. Well, so the first one is social settings. I, you know. In, in creating a backup plan so that I could survive my life in ways that I wanted to survive my life, um, I was really social. And this started to be my like cover up. I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be alone. And we know those aren't the same mm. thing always. But um, so that was that was the first thing. But in the blog, when I go to, you know, things started to get worse with my interpersonal relationships and then i looked to other things like swimming and masturbation because you know dopamine mm. hello it's yeah. you, you know you want to feel good yep um and studies and you know other things that were my my focus my new distraction it, these were all to avoid shitty feelings and one of those shitty feelings in reflection the last couple of months was and is loneliness mm. and something like I already said, you know, I've been reflecting on what I've written already in this last week since I sent it to you and a new development today uh, is that I think that it's good to sit idle for me, at least with these feelings sometimes, you know, and, and some, and 
I think in my loneliest hour, I felt most content or most growing or most heroic in my own narrative. Um, so I think that's good, but I also do think it's good to be active and to stimulate yourself and to try new things and to, so there's like this duality of like, am I avoiding loneliness or is this catalyzing my success elsewhere? Is this like pushing me to do better in school or is this pushing me to be a better swimmer or is this pushing me to get my seventh personal training, you know, certification to help other people? Is it all bad to avoid? Is what has come up for me mm. since. And where since are you pulling out the these distractions? Where are you at the moment? Look, balance always like this word balance, whatever it means, keeps coming back into every conversation. And so I think I'm I'm shooting on myself, <laughs> you know, and mm. I I think that I should sit for an hour and then I should go, you know, write this twenty page paper that's due in a couple of days for two hours. Right. Like I should sit with these hard things and then I should stimulate myself and distract myself for, you know, X amount of time. And I don't think that that's the answer. So where am I with that right now is I'm trying not to shit on my self and, and, and I'm sitting here with you waiting for your expertise to tell me <laughs> perhaps which direction to go. Yeah. <laughs> the word that comes up for me a lot in this is alignment. Okay. And connection, as we know, comes in in different forms. And so when we're experiencing loneliness, if we're not feeling connected to who we are, if we're not showing up in the world as who we are in that moment, knowing that we're allowed to change, we're allowed to grow, we're allowed to evolve. But if we're showing up, if we're not showing up as who we are in that moment, and we show up to other people or like to those most important to us, which is the second pillar of connection or to our communities, which is the third pillar of connection. If we're showing up inauthentically in those situations, whatever connection we are getting back will not hit the mark because we're not being ourselves in that moment. Can you, can you two things, can you repeat the pillars yeah. side by side and then can you go deeper with hit the mark? So, the three pillars of connection are, and this is in the logo. If we're wanting to know where the logo of the loneliness guy comes from, it's my beautiful partner, Jeff. He designed it. And there's three pillars yes. supporting supporting the, the like an individual cube. That's that's us as, as humans. But the first pillar is connection to self. Second pillar is connection to those most important to us. And the third pillar is connection to community. Now, when we're doing the connection starter pack, we go through, there's three calls, sequential calls, connection to self, connection to those mm -hmm. most important to you, and connection to the other, uh, to, to, to community. But when we're experiencing loneliness, because it's so horrible within us, yep. and advice is, you know, go and connect, go and connect, go and connect. So you go, like, you, you go to a friend or you go to a partner, to your husband, to family member or someone, someone who is most important to you, however you define mm -hmm. it. And if you're not saying, look, I'm feeling lonely, I just want to hang out, let's hang out or something like that, and any kind of connection that you get back, if you're not being yeah. you in that moment, it's not going to hit, hit the connection mark. Right. It's not going to feel like it will for a short time, but it's not going to do it for you. And similarly, if you go out again, into the community. Toxic. Yeah. 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 
So, first, so whenever we go to do connection deliberately, we need to check in with ourselves and go, how am I right now? How am I physically? How am I mentally? How am I emotionally? Am I actually connected to who I am right now in this moment? And can I put me into this social situation? Because then any kind of connection that we then get back is actually going to be real. And I, I say pay attention to the spark of connection. And the spark of connection for me is, the, is, a, is a shiver up my spine. You experience chills. Just I can before. relate to that. You experience, yeah, I can that, relate to that. That's the spark of connection to yourself. Mm. And so when you, when you are really feel seen, when you're having that sort of moment, for me, it's a chill up my spine. And I've learned to pay mm. attention to that. That stuff's gold. Because it means that I'm lost in that moment. Like, not, not I'm lost in that moment and I'm trying to find myself. Like, yeah. I am lost in that moment. In um, exercise science, we call that the flow. The yeah, it's flow a flow state. state. It's flow state. You know, you, um, and what you said is just so beautiful about how, like, I, I, I was looking at you, but I was also seeing this, like, <laughs> galaxy of... <laughs> when you have this these chills you know it's it, it it's a, it's, a, it's like you're aligning with yourself because yep. you're having this like embodied thought alignment with an emotional and heart and soul alignment with yep. something that matters to you and that's so i mean this is like a t-shirt right like you need to make a t-shirt <laughs> this is beautiful yeah and it's so true but alignment is everything yeah yes yeah pay attention to that jesse yeah. Pay attention we'll to when, you, when, you, when you're getting that. Um, so that's the second piece of homework for you is paying attention to when you get chills. That's, the, yes, that's what I call the spark of connection. But for me, this is, um, yeah. so, you know, the doing of doing stuff. So the swimming, the work, um, the photography, the study, the travel, the dancing, the masturbatory adventures and the having fun with men. Right. And not mentioned in that section too, drugs and alcohol. Right. right? It's, those are swept in. Yeah. Yep. All of that, if you are genuinely showing up in those moments as who you are, to me, fine. Hmm. Fine. But if you're doing that because you're trying to avoid actually how you're feeling, yeah. pay attention to that. So it's almost like pausing before acting yeah it's almost as if that's a good thing yeah it's like it's and, it, and, and it's doing so we are in alignment when yeah. our words thoughts and actions align with yeah. our values this is why it's really critical to know who you are according to your values like what right. are your values so it's not so much about balancing like i should sit with this for a sunday and i should go you know work eight hours on a monday it's more about how am I showing up and aligning with this setting, this this person or myself? Or In that moment. Um, mm. What keeps coming up for me, please stop me if this is derailing where you're going. I'm here. Um, trauma and, mm. Um, mm. and phases of life can, in my experience, I go through phases where my all of my systems are dysregulated. I, mm -hmm. If someone brings up conflict, I will be incapable of having 
a conversation in which I align with what I'm even saying. Yep. Or like, you know, those moments of indecision and well, which is decision fatigue is very real in 2022, but it's like being unable to decide on what to do or where to go or it all comes for me from also a place of being dysregulated. So it's how do you like, how do you do, how do you follow your advice and pause and, and find alignment when you're feeling so totally dysregulated? Mm. At the beginning, mm. for me, I notice it in the review mirror. <laughs> like okay. the, the moment has passed and I'm learning from it. It's like, oh, crap, okay. I yeah. shouldn't like, I showed up. Like I wanted to connect, but I ended up having a fight. Yeah. Yes. And oh, God, I'm glad you said that. This is the power of sharing yeah. even small anecdotes. Yeah. Okay. I'm listening. Because then, you know, and then in the, um, in, in order to sort of correct that balance, if we're, you know, going to go with that whole car thing and, you know, we see it in the review mirror. Uh, and then we want to go, well, don't want that again. I'm going to project like a kilometer, a mile down the road, wherever you are, um, and, you know, avoid situations like that in, in the future, which can kind of lead to anxiety. When we're living in the future and imagining something to happen, that's, you know, an anxious state. The trick is to yeah. be able to come to a point where we're in the present. And if we feel like that we're, we're being triggered negatively acknowledging that and i want to say simply saying but it's not simple at all it's the stuff of life but saying i am not i'm not feeling it right now i need a break and so many queer and gay men are people pleasers because that's how we are social chameleons. We don't, we don't, um, we don't get beaten up if everyone is happy with us. We don't get called horrible things. We don't get excluded. We don't get mocked. Yeah. If we keep everyone happy, and we make it look like, you know, where, you know, we've got all our shit together. Right, and that is fucking a dead so difficult to unlearn yeah yeah Oof. the thing is we we unlearn it by doing but for me in in my work here at the loneliness guy it is all about knowing who you are and then committing to doing you to being you right because that's the way that we then get valued. the connection right yes and this is why I valued when you said your age and th- how you're still doing work. And oh God, it's, yeah. it's like you have, well, because you have to participate in your own healing, right. Mm-hmm. And it, you have to make the decision to, to, to move with that. And even when it's really, really disgusting and sticky and yep. destructive in the moment. Um, yep. Yeah. But so this, this is, there's this an inflection point, Jesse, sorry to speak over mm-hmm. you. There's an inflection point. No, here. please where that there's there's a there's a point in life points in life where the pain of maintaining the status quo is outweighed by giving something else a go changing right. the approach mm-hmm. 
And so conflict is is something that is really um, uncomfortably instructive. Because when we're in conflict, we can go into fight or flight. Conflict means that someone somewhere doesn't love me. So if someone's unhappy with me, they don't love me anymore and I've got to keep them happy so they love me. That for me is a big, that was a big, like speaking personally, that's a big thing. I'm still worthy of love and belonging even if someone doesn't say it. This is, I mean, it's like, it's almost as if you were in my phone reading my conversations today. (laughs) This is, I, I really, really deeply needed this. It's, uh, you just nailed it. You just completely nailed it. Yeah. You, you're beautifully, uniquely you, Jesse. Just like everyone else. Just like me. <laughs> just like me. Um, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is why we are chronic people pleasers. This is why it is easier to be unhealthily positive, relentlessly positive, because... Positivity doesn't create tension, doesn't bring conflict, doesn't then have us internalizing all of that and making everybody else's thought, words, thoughts, and actions our own responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, coming back right into the center of all of that, it's when conflict shows up for me, I feel that I am being judged or and that I'm being attacked and that I'm being told I need to change and that I'm, you know, not showing up and doing the best job that I can in this, whatever this relationship is. And again, that this, I, I fight or flight, mm-hmm. right? It's you choose a response. And for me lately being dysregulated or so I feel fighting yep. and um, that's out of alignment for me. Mm-hmm. And it is to avoid feeling like I'm not loved, thus feeling lonely. Yep. It's all just one big, dirty fucking circle <laughs> perhaps a spiral um like where it all comes down to, its, to, 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 to yeah. you know worthiness of being of feeling that you're enough just as you are for, for love and belonging the answer is always mm-hmm. yes however we're yes. really good at convincing ourselves that we're not i just got chills again mm. i'm aligned in this moment <laughs> but two two things shining, before you go shining. on two things before you Shine. go on oh, yeah, yeah. well yeah, done please. well done on your language I noticed that. I feel that at this point. Thank you. Second of all, that conflict, I think that, you know, words are powerful. Avoiding conflict doesn't mean that we avoid discussions. Yeah. True. And we're allowed to disagree. We're allowed to disagree with each other. But when we kind of, when we call every kind of disagreement conflict and everything that 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 the word conflict brings up, where you know physical violence, um, words said that are hateful, that do far more damage than possibly was ever intended. Mm-hmm. And we want to avoid, when we are hurt, we want to avoid being hurt again. So we retreat to our corners and justify our positions and build up fortifications and things like that. That kills connection. We're allowed to not agree. Yeah. And this is the value of perspective. 
Yeah, yeah, and and the individual and all of us, right? It's the, the diversity and perspective. Mm. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's. Uh, I'm just happy that the spiral that you've called. Um, I'm happy that there's a light on it now, right? It, even in this short conversation, um, and something that came up again in these next two points is that um, I feel well done. that well done. Thank you. <laughs> that I am. Um, if I feel secure in the relationship before me, I am a bull, I am unapologetic, I am strong in my opinion, and I am proud of conflict and growth. I'm excited to, to have moments where perhaps someone I'm so close with, we disagree because then I am already secure and then we grow together, right? But in newer relationships or you know, in other relationships that you don't feel so secure in, or, you know, conflict is terrifying yep. to me. Yep. Because, I, and, I, and I think it's because of your third pillar, which is connection, right? Mm -hmm. To community, it's yeah. How deeply, community, right. So how deeply am I connected or how strong of a community do I have with this person or these people? And the weaker that bond or the newer, I'll, I would rather say the newer that bond is, the more difficult it can be to to see conflict as constructive and does that make sense absolutely one of the things that we need to keep in mind is the social chameleons the people pleasers um is that we're not the boss of everyone we're not the mm. boss of everyone's emotions we're not the boss of what everyone is saying what everyone is thinking and how they act right we're 100 percent right. responsible for 50 percent of our interactions with other people with another person mm -hmm. if you show up in that moment as you as the rich tapestry of life that flows through you and is you that is beautifully you and if that's not met that hurts like i'm not gonna say well don't worry about it no that hurts that hurts yeah but that's not your fault you're awesome i'm awesome i'm saying this to you but i'm saying this to me too Right. I'm yeah. like I'm awesome, but the only thing that I can ever do is 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 determine how I show up in that moment. Of course. My words, thoughts and actions are the only things that I can control. How you receive this, how the viewer receives this, how the listener receives this, completely out of my hands. Beyond providing it on a platform that they can then consume. Completely out right. of my hands. Yeah. But I'm here for it. I'm here for it too. I'm he for it. I see. The power of language. Um, I've been receiving lots of testimonials from from men who I coach, and without exception, they're like, "Yep, Phil gets you on the language." It's important, and it's, I found myself. I want to apologize. Yeah, yeah. But it's, thank you for for getting yeah. me on the importance of semantics and language train. Words I'm here. Words matter. Words matter. They so, do. Jesse, I want to ask a question. You you would you you beautifully in the blog post shared moments when you feel lonely. And there was a story there of when you were on a plane, uh, or when you do travel by a plane, deadlines associated with uni, um, with 
writing, you know, random blog posts for men on the other side of the world. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and there was one um, about shame and trauma. And I want, to, mm-hmm. I want to sort of explore that a bit to the point that you're, you're comfortable. But I want to say at the outset that when it comes to trauma, when it comes to working through trauma, sometimes, well, not sometimes, quite like really often the working through trauma and our relationship with it, that can really benefit from having professional help from someone who, you know, has a degree and, you know, is licensed and things. That's so, you know, if that comes up in our conversation, Mm -hmm. viewer, listener, knowing that I can provide this service for you, you know, if that comes up, there will be a point there that I'll be like, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Like, this is beyond, like, this is not for me to help you with, to fix it. Beyond being an awesome listener and providing some insight to help support you and know that you're not broken. You're deliciously human. Mm. To be right by your side. As a very shameless, as a very shameless active testimonial, this is precisely why people need you as their coach because referrals are, are vital and you know your limitations as a coach, and I appreciate that deeply. That's mm. that's something a lot of coaches have not harnessed, and and damage can be done. And yeah, you're, the viewer needs to hear that you, as a coach, know your limitations. This is thank you for doing that, and thank you for saying that. It's it's like part of part of me showing up as the people pleaser. Like I want to fix everything. I want to fix everybody. Mm. You know, no. No, no, no. The last thing I want to do is re-traumatize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or add yes. to it. And, yeah. So, you know, like, if you go off and, and you know, get help from a psychologist, a therapist, however it is where you are listening or viewing this, and then, like, come back and we can celebrate the the insight together and we can listen and like you know okay what do what do you think that means how can we live that mm-hmm. and and build up the courage to go and you know have the conversation come up with strategies to have the conversation i'm like i've got hundreds of strategies for making change happen because i've made change happen in my life <laughs> um so shame and trauma can be uncomfortably interwoven with loneliness. And I feel from your blog post and your shares with me offline that you had a real experience with that. Mm, So many, you know, so many real experiences with that. Um, Where to start? So, uh, so, I had a conversation with a friend who, when I asked how loneliness showed up in their life, they shared with me that they feel most lonely when they are doing something that they feel they should not be doing. For me, and after talking with you, this comes straight back to alignment. And I agree and feel the same. I feel that when I'm doing something that I don't align with, I'm so far removed from anything that I care about or anyone that I connect with 
or anyone who genuinely loves me would would see me doing this and 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 not approve to be reductive just simply not approve so to give a tangible example doing very hard drugs um which i have a, a history with and something that still shows up in in an urge sense that i've worked through and evolved from uh in many ways but i, I have a lot of history and a lot of trauma with some serious um, illicit drug use and even in the times where I didn't know that I had a problem per se you know like when I was bartending or with people I thought might be friends or I was convinced were friends at the time or even in those moments I still knew that I was alone and I was lonely and I was far far removed from any connection that I might want to have it's really fucking it's the it's the trenches it's it's the worst place i have ever been and not because of the substance i mean that's not good right mm. but it's because of it's because of the emotional the psychosocial destruction the um the being alone in outer space with no one to you know your voice is lost even if you mm. scream out your voices it's gone mm. here comes the tears again Oh, Jesse. It's it's good to share this with you. Um, doing something that I don't align with, it's so far from who I believe that I am, who I know that I am, those yeah. parts that are unshakable. You know, we all have those unshakable parts. That Those are the lonely, that's the lonely hour. And so when we talk about shame, another dear friend of mine, has been doing such a wonderful job lately of sharing their shame stories and publicly so um i think it's so vital that you and i and you and the world and and all of us what you're doing it's it's so vital to sh to create a safe space where you can share the shame that we hold alone because that's because that's um <clears throat> it's one step closer to not feeling lonely Yep. Through the magic of teleportation right now, I just want to go over there yep. and give you a big hug. Accept it. And I'm hugging back. <laughs> yeah, it's... um, Loneliness can be very dark. And shame is terrible when it's kept inside. Yep. <clears throat> Which is why we need places like your space to share it. What I see before me mm -hmm. is a beautiful human having a beautiful human moment. Whatever you're saying to yourself right now, you are not broken. You do not need fixing. You need understanding. And, and a warm cookie. <laughs> <laughs> and a big, giant warm cookie. <laughs> that, that is without given. The world is always a better place when there is a, a nice, warm um, cookie. Uh, we call them biscuits. Uh, but, um, Biscuit, yes, which, which, yes, which, yes. Are, which are different to biscuits better. in the US. I know, I know, but then, you know, certain biscuits are now become cookies in Australia as well. It's all, it's a, it's a confectionery nightmare. Yikes. It's a, it's a baked good yeah, nightmare. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> It's very fraught. Um, however... 
what you just did, I want you to like look at yourself. Mm. I'm sweating. I'll tell you that much. Mm. Well, snotty. You are still there. Mm-hmm. You are more you. And the stigma of loneliness is wrapped up in that shame and what we make that mean about ourselves. And that's why we don't go towards our loneliness. That's why we run as fast as we can away from it. Because we have to deal with that shit. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Tell me. Everybody has shame. Everybody, everybody has shame. And perversely, it's a good thing. Because if you don't have shame, you're a sociopath. And on, on that equation is- of like sociopath being human who feels shame, I think we all want to go with human who feels shame. Yeah. yeah also, not all sociopaths are terrible people, but yes, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Right? I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Then what we need to do though is recognize... Mm-hmm. Recognize shame and how it shows up for us and what we do, what we say and do to avoid it. Right. Because once we actually identify it, as you said, shine a light on it, Mm -hmm. we can then begin to learn when it shows up again. Because it will show up. It always shows up. What you then get to do, though, with awareness and practice is go, ah, I've been triggered. I'm in a shame spiral. What I have learned, and I really want to say for the point of, you know, being like an enlightened person without ever making a mistake, but that would be plainly untrue. <laughs> like, <coughs> and boring. Yeah. And- you learn to deal with your shame by like doing something different. And sometimes yeah. okay. doing something different is messy and uncomfortable and puts other people, um, uh, inconveniences other people, or so, mm-hmm. I, so I feel. Right, yes. But it is always a privilege to hear someone's story. Always. And recognising when I'm in the midst of a shame storm. Yeah. And generally it's just like, well, no, I'm not. You're fucked. You're stupid. Like right. words to that words to that yeah. effect, or uh, you know, oh no, I am. But what are you? Kind of you know that kind of like yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that really is yeah. how it's manifest. I mean, it's, yeah. that's the playground. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Or it's like yes, but you're that. That to me is how shame right. comes out. It's like you know, I want to like I want to prove you wrong, like really yeah. wrong. And here's a big long list that I've been harboring for a good few years about how many ways right. you've disappointed me. Right. Right. And all of it stems from our own. Yeah. Humans will say almost anything, say and do almost anything to avoid our shame being, have, having light shot upon them. Secondly, we will say and do almost anything. Well, that's the first one. Second one is that shame for so many of us drives our behaviors. 
We just don't know it. And so when shame drives our behaviors, the destination is loneliness. Because we're hiding so many things about ourselves from those around us and indeed ourselves. Mm -hmm. This is my story. Whenever we do have interactions, whenever I had interactions with other people, it didn't even touch that. And I was petrified that someone would go, huh, huh. My sexuality was one thing that I was ashamed about. Okay. Not having, you know, the ridiculousness of making it feel like and, and the perception that I had all things under control all the time. Huge like shame response there. Perfection, shame response. And if someone That's who called me out other... on that, mm-hmm. if someone called me out on that, I'll be like, oh, you found out. And of course, everyone could see it because no one's perfect. Right. What I was denying was my own humanity. Yeah. And I wouldn't show up into the world yeah. unless I knew that I was nailing it. I would nail it, which then constantly <laughs> meant that I was never ready to show up in the world. And as you know... As a small business owner, too, you know, we couldn't exist without it takes courage. showing up. It takes courage yeah. to show up, however showing up is. Yeah. And in, in debunking this, this idea that perfection exists and that life doesn't live in the practice because it does. Yep. All of life. Yeah. Relentless positivity and perfection, they're soul buddies in this kind of terrible, terrible tryst. Yeah, misery loves company, and yeah. those, are, those are pretty miserable. But it's, but it's like, it's not miserable, it's positive. Mm, it's misery. Right, yeah. It's misery masquerading as something positive. It's right. still misery. Yeah. I would like to add to your, what you've said about shame, and what I see with the populations that I work with in public health and in and, and fitness and yoga spaces, is that the shame stories that are shared with me in very personal interactions are the same stories that drive these folks back to the source of their shame. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. myself too, it's, it's in the past, you know, if I'm not on top of my, my resources and my tools to look after myself, that shame will take me back to doing things like drugs that, make me feel so far away from you know i've already expressed this so we have again we have to share our stories in safe spaces so that we can not just go in this circle right back to the source yep you know yep yep when we one of the things before i asked my last question there in doing that and knowing you know using all my resources uh, you know, quoting you, Jesse, using all my resources at my disposal to essentially make good decisions or make decisions that serve you in that moment that bring you away from going down that spiral. Mm. Or even if you are down that spiral, there are multiple kind of anchor points that can arrest that slide. I like that, yeah. Knowing as well that if you get to the bottom of that spiral, you're still not broken. Correct. You're a human. Having a human experience. That's not to forgive yeah. it. That's not to sort of go, but um, <clears throat> add it, shame is never cured by adding more shame to it. On the back of the t-shirt, the, um, 
the chills are you aligning with you should be what you've just said you know it's it's you you you, you as a human being a human yep yeah these are huge yep yep you're not broken you're human and i'd much rather have humans in my life than people pref- pre- um pretending like i'm here for the human experience i'm having a human experience got right. no time for other shit so the other thing here um, as well is humans will say or do almost anything to feel seen, heard, and belong. So quite often we, and this, I'm going to sound like everyone's mum here, but you know, you start to run with the wrong crowd. You think that you're like, but where you feel that you are seen, where you feel that you are heard, you can feel that you belong. That's why friendship groups are so important in teenagers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those teenage those those friendship groups don't actually serve us. It's why gangs. It's why the Rotary Club. <laughs> like any, anywhere anywhere that that people feel that they are seen and heard and that they belong, people will feel yeah. that they belong. Right. Sometimes they're not choices that serve us. Of course. And, and so to and fit sometimes- in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, so, I mean, misery again loves company. It's, yep. it's sometimes these groups, they, you know, there's one person that spoils the energy or, or it, it becomes a, a hive mind, right? Yep. Because it can be like one person's lonely and they attract only other lonely people. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily lonely, but like something. Not less stereotypically than lonely. Right. But everyone's lonely. Everyone experiences lonely. Every like the whole thing of like I'm lonely, I'm broken. That fucking shit needs to stop, and I'm here to stop it. Yeah, you are. Right. Yeah. One Jesse Elkins at a time. Uh, yes, and you're so far. You're hundred percent. I want to know as we wrap this up, Jesse. Okay. How are you now? How do you feel now? I need a cookie. <laughs> um, the same, just more. I feel purged in a way. Like I feel like I, my breathing was tight, has been tight for a couple of weeks. I told you I felt dysregulated. Um, I feel the word you used, aligned. You know, I, I mean, I can't just say like I, I'm aligned. No, but I feel more. I feel more aligned, and I feel. I wasn't. I was not you know, expectations. I, I, I did not expect to feel so serene after our chat. And I forgot that we were recording. I forgot that um, <laughs> other people now have access to this conversation. Um, I did consent. Uh, I, you really pulled me in and um, hugged my insides and I feel grateful for you. I am grateful for you. It is an absolute privilege. And I say that and I mean it every time I say it. The privilege is real. This is a beautiful space to be in. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for technology, for being able to do this. But one thing that I want to say is that I love your courage. It took courage to write that. It took courage to sit with that. It takes courage to be here. 
Mm. It takes courage to be you as you are right now. You could have sat in that podcast for, the, for this whole episode and just gone, no, I've got my shit together. I'm good. You could have done what I'd notice is happening a lot. I've begun to notice is happening a lot in loneliness discourse where we talk about loneliness in the third person. That's easy. Mm. That's easy. It's easy. It's, it's less easy, but still easy uh, to talk about it in the second person, your loneliness. I honor the courage that it talks, that it takes to speak about your loneliness in the first person. I recognize it. I recognize how hard it is, but how transformational it can be when we bring a human experience and allow us to experience it. Mm. Thank you for this long list of compliments. <laughs> this is um, from our the beginning of our conversation, yeah. already something that I've learned. Um, and when I say thank you, I mean that it's um, not this internal battle. Am I being humble? It's uh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. And it did. It took courage. And it. Uh, and I slept through a couple of alarms because I stayed up late thinking about loneliness. You know, I did these things. And that's, it, I mean, it's important work. And thank you for saying that. And thank you for catalyzing this work. And uh, whomever else you ask to write, to contribute um, to your incredible efforts, I will provide this testimonial now and say that um, Phil is doing you a favor. It may not feel like it at first, but uh, you'll uh, close out this podcast and feel very fucking great. Thank you. Thank you. And you saw straight through that whole <laughs> compliment thing. <laughs> um, good. It was all meant. And I accept that very, like, loving compliment too. Still uncomfortable, I'm going to admit, but I accept totally. it. Totally. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Jesse, my last piece of advice as we wrap up and I, I press stop on this recording and we let uh, the viewer and the listener go on their day and you go to sleep. Have the cookie. Yes. Have the cookie, have the big glass of milk, whatever it is. Oh, yes. You're likely to experience what my intellectual crush Dr. Brene Brown calls, and I love this. Oh, the how did I know you would say her name? The vulnerability hangover. Mm. There could be moments coming over the next little while where you go, fuck, what did I do? Oh, my God. Why did I say that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You want to email me and go, Phil, I mean, listener viewer, a few weeks before this episode um, will we'll go live. And Jesse will, you know, you will want to go, nah, 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 don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Like, let's pull it. Hold on, let's re-record it. And I'll come at it this in the third person. All is okay. All is okay. Yeah. Between mm -hmm. the sharing and the response, there's the discomfort. And we fucking hate that silence. You have touched me. Therefore, I know that someone else out there who listens to this at some point in the future will be touched. 
goes to the courage that I love and admire you for. Thank you. Thank you. Go and have that Thank cookie. Thank you. Go and have that cookie. I will. I'm going. I'm going to have more than one cookie. <laughs> Jesse and I spoke for a little longer at the end of the call. I reiterated how much of a privilege it was to witness his story. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you if you were touched by his bravery and courage too. His details on how you can contact him are in the show notes. Jesse, for one last time, a profound and heartfelt thank you. That's it for this episode. Remember that there's a lot of content on my site, thelonelinessguy.com, designed to serve and support you as you learn from your loneliness and to destigmatize loneliness and promote authentic connection for gay men globally. Go to the site and check out the services me and my team provide you when you're ready to take a step towards growth and moving beyond your loneliness towards getting the authentic connection, the soul-nourishing type of love and belonging connection you need and deserve. Remember, you don't have to stay in the, miserably, in the miserable comfort of your loneliness. You can choose growth and connection, and me and my team are here for it when you do. You won't miss any content if you join the mailing list. Joining the mailing list is free, and you'll receive one email each week from me letting you know that there's been new content uploaded or something else interesting is happening around the loneliness guy. Or, for something more interactive with me, how about joining me in a wonderful group of other gay men learning from their loneliness and are supporting each other as we do connection. Come and join the Premium Connection Lounge on Facebook. It's free to join and come and join us for monthly Zoom calls, inspiring chats and exclusive insights into the work here. Follow the links in the episode description if you're interested in either or both of these options. And if you got something from this episode, why not buy me a coffee to say thanks? There's a PayPal link in the episode description and any money received from your contribution through PayPal goes into me continuing this work and it's always appreciated. I sincerely thank you in advance. Have you got a question for me or any feedback? Reach out to me on socials or send me an email to connect at thelonelinessguide.com. And remember to like, comment, rate, and share this episode. It helps others in your social circle who may be quietly experiencing loneliness to know that they're not alone and that you are a safe space to talk about loneliness and how it can make us all feel. I really do appreciate you joining me and Jesse for coffee today. Yara. And until next time, take care of yourself and stay courageous as you do connection. All sounds that you heard in this episode were recorded at Prefab Eatery on Jesse Street, Wellington. All views expressed in this episode are my own and are intended to support, challenge and inspire gay men to consider the issue of loneliness and increased awareness of the need for authentic connection with themselves, with others and their communities as an antidote to loneliness. They are not intended to, nor should they, replace the advice of a licensed helping professional. Please consult the resources page on my website, thelonelinessguide.com, if you feel that you need the services of a licensed helping professional. Thanks for listening.